Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. You know, we had one of those practical discussions recently among the men in our church. Uh, One of the younger fathers was asking, how do you deal with your children's propensity to go in for potty mouth, for (laughs) bathroom humor, for coarseness of of different sorts? How do you deal with this kind of thing? Well, I think first you have to say you're mm-hmm. not alone. <laughs> no, and, and you know what? The, the culture has become more coarse. I mean, I, I think I think that those of us who are a little bit older than the young parents um, can't even remember it, it, the, the shift that's happened in our own lifetime. Um, just as you saw the explosion of cable television that got out of the strictures of the broadcast medium, a lot more uh, what they call edgy, grown-up themed type Edu- uh, you know, entertainment, but also, you know, there's some, there's some very prominent, um, preachers who have kind of made that a trademark that they, that they speak and use some very coarse language, even from the platform of the pulpit, which, you know, I find that pretty disturbing. Yeah, it really is, especially mm-hmm. considering what the word of God has to say about things like that. But mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Let's talk for a minute about just history. I don't think... It's kind of like the frog in the pot thing. Mm-hmm. When the water gets turned up gradually enough, you don't realize the problem. Right. And, you know, when I was a child, even people who cursed up a storm, mm-hmm. there were certain things that they would have never said. Mm-hmm. No one would have ever dropped the F-bomb. That was not a thing. That was we just kids. that was just considered too coarse, too vulgar. Even for someone who cussed all the time. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah, I was interested to see, you you know, we were talking about this earlier. Mm -hmm. In 1972, George Carlin did a nightclub act on seven words you can't say on television, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. That was almost 50 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But just a few years ago, Mm -hmm. now you've done a lot of reading by um, Jean Twangy. Right. She's a researcher. She is a researcher at the University University of California at San Diego, I believe, and um, she does a lot of generational and cultural type of research. She's a psychologist. But um, she and some of her colleagues did a study of books that were published in the United States between 1950 and 2008, which, you know, that was the data they had available. And they used George Carlin's list of seven offensive terms, okay, and, and just looked at, they, they just did a scan through the Google Books um, app to say, how often do these terms show up in published books? I mean, how are you going to measure this? It's kind of hard, but that was one way that they looked at it. And one of the things they found out was that books that were published in the late 2000s, that readers of those books were, they said, 28 times more likely to encounter one of George Carlin's dirty words in those published books that a reader in the in the 1950s. That's a pretty drastic change in culture, Hal. That's a huge change in culture. And you know, the, the thing is, this is a really it's a difficult subject because it is cultural. Right. You know, there, there's morality and there's culture here, and there's some intersection. Mm-hmm. We we need to kind of take this apart before we even talk about how we deal with it with our kids. Mm-hmm. We need to think about this because some words are considered profanity in one country, mm-hmm. whereas they're perfectly acceptable in another country that speaks the same language. 
Yeah, and there's there's terms which are highly offensive in in Britain that we just think, oh, it's just an English term here. It, I mean, it doesn't mean anything to us. And I'm not going to use that because I don't want to offend anybody. We do have but, some Brit listeners. But, uh, but you know, I, one of our sons spent a year over there, mm-hmm. and he was surprised at, at the language and cultural differences even between the United mm-hmm. States and Britain, which have a very shared culture. Well, okay. And, you know, there's, there's, there's subcultures, if you will. Like, okay, I'm former military. The military has a culture, and in certain parts of that culture, it gets very profane. I mean, that's just that's just the language that they typically use. Um, I used to work in construction when I was working with the power companies, and I tell you what, you know, it says in First Corinthians that that evil company corrupts good habits. And honest to goodness, I don't use that kind of language, and yet when you're a wash in it day after day after day, it kind of works its way into your brain and you start to, you'll find yourself suddenly thinking these terms and say, my word, I could never say that. I don't even like that kind of word. And yet it's it's something that it soaks in. And so the culture that we're in, as it's become more coarse, we have to fight it and our kids have to be trained. Well, but you know, even figuring out what mm-hmm. is profane, mm-hmm. What is potty mouth? Because mm-hmm. what's potty mouth in some families is not in others. Right. You know, we grew up using certain words, and when I heard other words as a child, I was shocked, even though that was perfectly acceptable in their family. Yeah, there's certain euphemisms that are used for certain bathroom functions or whatever. Or body that, parts. And, 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 oh, that's okay. We say this, but we don't say that. Well, but it's the opposite in other families. And, right. Yeah. And that that's hard to navigate mm-hmm. you know it's hard to figure out what is the, what is the issue i think the issue is the heart the heart is the heart of the issue right let's take a break and hear from our sponsor From Affirm Films comes the Kendrick Brothers' Show Me the Father. All of us have a fatherhood story. My dad was my hero growing up. My father was somebody who disappointed you. From the creators of War Room and Courageous comes an inspiring cinematic journey featuring five amazing true stories. I'm stunned. He's real. He's really out there. This is really him. Your perfect father in heaven can change the trajectory of your life. Show Me the Father. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now playing. Well, welcome back. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. All right, we're talking about the problem of the tongue. We're talking about bad language, potty mouth, coarseness. The heart is the heart of the issue. Because it's really not so much about the, the mouth sounds you're making. Yes. But it's about what your heart is. And Hal, this was really driven home to me. Mm-hmm. Y- many years ago, um, I was at a homeschool mom's night out. Right. Wow, this was maybe... Over 25 uh, years ago. A while ago. And w- the moms were just talking, and somebody was going on and on and complaining. And, right. And someone said, you know, I'm just not comfortable using sanitized curse words. And we're like, what do you mean by sanitized curse words? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you know, the, the euphemisms that we all use. Mm-hmm. And... People said, what do you mean? We said, well, you know, like dad gum or golly or geez or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and she said, all of those are a san- are sanitizing what you're, a curse that you would otherwise be saying. Mm-hmm. 
And she said, I, I'm just not comfortable with that because really my heart, when I say those things, is the same thing that my heart would say if I were using actual profanity. And it really shook me up. Well, because yeah. Because I, I realized God is looking at my heart. Well, isn't that, isn't that so true of so many things? Because, you know, the legalistic approach looks for the detailed and, and and say, well, if I if I don't use these seven bad words, then everything else is fine. And you know, you see, you know, what Christ says over and over again, it's not the detail of of that particular conduct, it's the heart that's underlying it that is expressing itself by that that evil conduct. You know, the conduct is a symptom. It is I mean in itself it's a sin, but it's but it can be actually the outworking of a deeper problem. And so, you know, there's there's several passages that kind of came to mind as I was thinking this through, you know, that it says in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, to let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what's good for necessary edification, that it might impart grace to the hearers, okay? That's Ephesians chapter 4, 29. And um, you know, the term that's, that's translated corrupt there, in, in the Greek, it, it means putrid, it means bad. It means something that's that's unfit. <clears throat> it's unfit for use. I, I think it's important to look at that says, but what is mm-hmm. nece- what is good mm-hmm. for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the ears. That part of what defines corrupt words is the effect it's having on our hearers. Right. Right. You know that. You know it's what we say is supposed to be edifying people up edifying people it's supposed to be building people up mm-hmm. it's supposed to impart grace and do good things for our hearers mm-hmm. and i think that's when we get right back around to it that's where we have to draw the line with our kids to say mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. this and that's what i hear these pastors that are using foul language mm-hmm. from the pulpit they say it's just a word it's it has a traditional meaning mm-hmm. but it's a word that is offensive in our culture to many people well and see that's what paul goes on a, a chapter later in ephesians he says says that there's certain things that shouldn't even be named among you as fitting for saints okay and he says neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting which are not fitting but rather the giving of thanks. That's Ephesians chapter 5. And, yeah. and so, you know, that there's things, it, it shocks people, it offends people, and it puts them off the edifying message, which we hope to be carrying out, both in our words and in our, and in our actions. Well, there are people who won't hear what we have to say if our language is offensive to them. Mm-hmm. And so that swing Swing mm-hmm. all the way back around to yes. potty mouth. Right. I think we need to look and see um what's the what's going on here. Mm-hmm. What are they? Tr- what are our kids trying to accomplish? You know, is it a little scandalous? Is it exciting because it offends their sister or offends mm-hmm. their mama? You know what? What's the heart here? Well, I think that yeah, I think that's it. I think it's um. Sadly, I think in, in a lot of cases, it's an attempt to sound grown up and mature and edgy and, or, you know, however you want to, you know, phrase that. But in that, in that immature mind, which that immature mind may be 25 years old, but I mean, <laughs> in your immature mind thinking, 
well, if I'm a tough grown-up person, I can use tough grown-up language. Yeah. And so I'm going to say these things which might be restricted to a little child, but hey, I'm, you know, I'm a big 10-year-old now. I get to say these things and that kind of stuff. And, you know, and I think we have to, I think we do have to teach our kids, and I'm thinking, you know, my experience as a boy and our experience raising sons, to to help them to understand that there are places where certain language might be permissible and inoffensive when the same comment is, would not be appropriate in front of your great aunt. You know? Yes. Circumstances, when it comes to cultural things, mm-hmm. circumstances do make a difference. I remember having this discussion about clothing with a friend years ago. And yeah. she was like, if you wouldn't wear it at church, you shouldn't wear it anywhere. Really? Not in my own bedroom? Not in a swimming pool? Not at the lake? You know? Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, when it's something cultural, for example, what kind, not immodest, but what no. type of dress is appropriate. Right. That's a cultural thing. Right. And not a moral issue. It's a cultural issue. Mm-hmm. And cultural issues do change according to circumstances. Morality is not. Right. Right. So, so that's one of the things we have to teach our kids, you know, is to be, to understand that there are different contexts, different social contexts, if you will, that you need to be uh, perceptive and discerning about. I remember, you know what my dad told me when what? I was a little boy? My dad, my dad told me one time, said, son, that's a fishing word. That's a word you can use when we're out in a boat in the middle of a lake, but you don't say that kind of thing in front of your mama. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that, that there's, there's some. There's yeah. a framework there, you know, yes. to say, to say, guys, well, you know, when our guys come back from college, that's one of the things we have to do with our fellows coming back from college is to run, hey, you know what? You're not in the dormitory here. This is not a locker room. You know, you need to soft pedal some of this language and well, some of the jokes. Yeah. And to be clear, they're not coming home cussing. No, they're but... just coming home with a boyish coarseness about uh, bodily rowdiness. functions and yeah. rowdiness yeah. and yeah. and and just like a harsh tone or smart aleckness. Right. You know, things that are perfectly acceptable in a dorm with two hundred guys mm-hmm. and you know really aren't at home with your grandmother present. Exactly. Exactly. So well, you know, one th- one thing I'd I'd like to bring one more verse in discussion before we uh before we take a short break here. But um you know, in Colossians chapter 3, there's the admonition in verse 8. It says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice. Okay, and I said, boy, those are heart problems, right? Right. Okay. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, which and I'm always interested in that because we think of blasphemy as something that's irreverent. You know, it's something that dishonoring to God. But really the term in Greek is broader. It's railing its character assassination it's mocking there's a lot more to it than than being even unholy. then then even then yeah but you were supposed to put these all things and then he continues filthy language out of your mouth and it's kind of like all of these things are sort of grouped together and you see there's a heart issue heart issue heart issue heart issue and bad language well yeah but, you know, and i think i think that that we need to consider that i think often bad language is expresses our anger and frustration toward the toward the way that God has ordered our lives. That is true. And, and, and I think it often shows a disrespect for the people around us. Yeah. 
I think that truly that that's, that's what a lot of it is. It's like, I'm going to say this because I want to express myself and I don't care what you think. Yeah. And I, and I want to be offensive because that gives me a certain power in this social situation. And that's something that we need to be aware of, something we need to be teaching our kids. In the next segment, let's talk about how do you practically create a culture of edification and edifying words and encouraging talk in your home? If you've got a topic you'd like for us to talk about, how about leave us a message on our listener response line? You can find that at 919-295-0321. And just leave us a message, and we'll we'll see if we can get that onto the program for you, okay? Again, that's 919-295-0321. So, until next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.